This is the Coming Out Loved and Supported Podcast, the group for the LGBTQ plus community and family of LGBTQ plus wanting to learn more and do better. I am your host, Annie Henderson. I'm a certified professional life coach and also a member of the LGBTQ plus community. We are so glad you're here. Please like and subscribe. And if you know anyone that is needing support as they are going through their journey, please share because I honestly believe by doing so, we can save lives. Hello, this is Annie Henderson, your coming out coach on the Coming Out Loved and Supported podcast. Thanks for being here for this episode with McKenna Wrights. McKenna, thank you so much for being here. It is such an honor that you asked me to be on your show. So thank you so much for having me. Yes, I I know you've got a busy, busy schedule and people want you all over the place. So (laughs) people don't realize what a treat this is. So I'm so excited. So let me introduce you really quick and tell them a little bit about you and then we will jump right in. McKenna Wrights is an inspirational speaker and a challenge coach who works with men and women to reframe life's challenges into gifts and opportunities so they can pursue their purpose with clarity and confidence. After losing all her hair due to alopecia, McKenna uses her journey of having this autoimmune disease to help others overcome the loss in their life by resetting the mindset of their loss into growth and opportunities in their lives. Wow. <laughs> McKenna, you're so, you're so incredible. So, um, tell me uh, a little bit more about like, where are you? Where do you live? Tell me about, um, your family. Yeah. So I am in Toledo, Ohio. So I'm literally looking at snow as we speak. Uh, my husband's from originally from Huntington beach, California, and he came out to Toledo to coach at university of Toledo. And I kept him here. Uh, we have two beautiful daughters, uh, one who's turning nine. Oh my gosh. In two Aww. weeks. And then, so she's in third grade. And then we have our youngest is, uh, Maddox is five and she's in kindergarten. Um, and we just live busy lives. We, you know, my husband coaches college volleyball. I teach AP psychology and I coach varsity volleyball. Um, we have lots of activities with our kids every single night. Uh, my husband has two matches tonight. Um, uh, but you know, we just, we, live a life where we can be together as much as possible. That's beautiful. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So we love to support one another and go to each other's games and matches. And we're making sure that we're always there. So yeah, we, we really value family for us. I love it. I love it. And yeah, apparently y'all sent some of your weather down to Texas and it was you're welcome. Horrible. No, not a welcome. That was bad. It was not good for you guys. So you're not welcome. <laughs> loved sledding, loved playing. And then, um, we couldn't handle it longer than a day yeah. apparently. <laughs> so, uh, McKenna, you are an educator and I used to be in, in education, but you're of course so much more than that. But I, I have a question. So you are, you know, coming on this, this show that is for the LGBTQIA community and allies. And as a teacher, right, there's been, uh, so much representation of the LGBTQIA community that I know, even in my own experience, when I was a teacher, that um, kids are starting to come out younger and younger. Are you seeing that in, in your experience? 
You know, it's been interesting. I've been teaching for 16 years. So I teach primarily, well, now I teach primarily uh, juniors and seniors. So I teach advanced placement psychology. And the beauty of what I get to teach is I get to teach about life. Yes. And I get to teach about all aspects of life and talking about perspectives and how, you know, we become so one-minded and I keep throwing different theories and perspectives at them. And I really challenge them to have an open mind and not to, you know, you can still stay with your beliefs, but I'm just asking you to take a step back, listen to all of the research or perspectives and give it a thought. That's all I'm asking. And so it's been really fascinating and interesting watching the transition over the past 16 years since I've been teaching of watching more and more students, male, female, asexual, whatever it may be, feeling more comfortable of being their true selves. That's so because they don't feel that they have to be afraid. And I feel that through my story, because I lost my hair in 2015, more and more students are able to relate in an aspect because I'm vulnerable with my story. I've been transparent with it and they feel that connection where they feel more comfortable to be able to talk. And, you know, I think just in our society and watching in school that they're, which is shocking to say they're becoming a little bit more acceptive because we're Mm -hmm. looking more at the character and how you make people feel rather than who you love. And that is, that's what I'm loving of what I see, especially in my school. That's beautiful. Yes. So any, uh, any advice for teachers out there who feel a little uncomfortable with, you know, kids, um, opening up to them or, or coming out to them or just don't know what to do. What, what advice do you have? Um, I, I think I'm a different type of teacher because I don't teach for curriculum. I'm not there. I'm not there to teach the standards. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have to, I have to prepare my students for the AP (laughs) psychology exam, but I'm here to make connections. I'm here to take this student and help them grow, grow, not just intellectually, but emotionally and socially. There's a reason why adolescence has become a term because in the late 1800s and beforehand, adolescence didn't exist. You worked, you know, you went to school until you're six and then you worked in the factory or on the farm in order to make money. But then these educators are saying, we need a transition period for these students for these children to have a time to grow in all aspects. And, you know, that's why I'm, you know, not a firm believer in people skipping grades because we as teachers need to create a well-rounded student. And we also, we've learned this in the past year. We have to be flexible. We have to be accepting. And what I've learned is that we have to be vulnerable and transparent. Now, obviously there are lines, right? We have to understand where the line is um, and make sure that we're doing it legally, but be (laughs) open and honest with your students. You know, when you're having a bad day, tell them you're being a bad day. You don't have to be perfect, be Mm -hmm. imperfectly perfect. Cause that's when the students are really going to connect with you and know that they're not alone because once they feel that they're not alone, you're going to see so much more productivity out of them. You're going to see them creating that connection with you and wanting to talk with you and feel that they can open up. I mean, I had at the beginning of the school year, when we finally got to go in the classroom, I had three different students approach me and tell me, Hey, I just want to let you know, um, I go by they, they're them. Thank you. I appreciate that. And, you know, I, and then I was, I was vulnerable and honest and said, I may screw up. Don't take offense because I'm still learning because it's a habit. And Mm -hmm. so 
you know, and they said, cool. And then I had another student say that I identify as a male and I go by cool, you know, and another student pulled me in. But that's the thing is that you have to create an environment. And, you know, the first thing of teaching is classroom management. Yes. <laughs> yes. When the student walks into your room, how do they feel? They need to feel accepted. And that is your responsibility as a teacher to start that from the first minute. Yes. It makes me think of that quote. Uh, they don't care how much, you know, unless they know how much you care. Right. Yes. That's that. It's, it's so important. And, you know, even talking to my daughter and hearing, you know, how she feels about certain teachers, right. The ones that, that can relate and that can let their guard down a little bit and joke around and, and still, you know, have high expectations makes yep. such a, a world of, of a difference. Um, so McKenna, um, will you grace us with telling us a little bit about your journey where you started and where you've been and where you're going, which is super exciting. Yeah, I could, I mean, this could be a long day, but, (laughs) um, (laughs) I grew up with the thickest brown hair. I mean, it was down to here. It was thick. It was frizzy. It was froey. I was known for my hair, like legit. Everyone knew me for my hair. I had mom saying, oh, if I only had half your hair. And, and then junior high came and junior high students, you know, you're in that vulnerable stage and they can be cruel. And they were extremely cruel to me. They made fun of me. They threw paper wads in my, I mean, made my life a living hell. And then I finally fell in love with my hair, you know, in my big, you know, early twenties, late twenties, and finally started to love my hair and learned how to control, tame the mane. <laughs> um, and it's really fascinating. Um, by about age 32, um, we just found out that we were pregnant with our youngest. And I thought to myself, I've already checked all my boxes. Mm. I want to be a teacher. I want to be a varsity volleyball coach. I want to get my master's degree, get married, have a family, buy a house. Check, 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 check. I've done everything. And I think, okay, now what? Like, what's next? Like, Oh, you were so- asking for it. <laughs> I did. I literally asked for it. So then, well... I'm not that big of a spiritual person, but God's like, you wanted something, here you go. <laughs> so um, the, when I was 33 in 2015, had Maddox in May. In July, I started feeling just right on the hairline. Like it just started getting really itchy and warm. Didn't think much of it. And then I noticed um, when I was teaching in August, school starting, volleyball starting, stress is starting, that my hair like was, I was shedding. But then I'm like, ah, it's just post-pregnancy shedding that you go through, but it was excessive. So I went to a dermatologist and they're like, there's a chance you could lose all your hair. I'm like, excuse me. What? Like there's a chance I could lose all my hair. You gotta be kidding me. So I did topical creams, women's Rogaine, just to kind of slow down the the postpartum shedding. Well, November 1st, we took family pictures for a Christmas card. Little did I know that that'd be the very last picture I'd ever take with hair. And the very last picture I took with Mannix, who was four months old, who has never seen me with hair, has never known me with hair. Um, within a week and a half, my hair had receded back. Um, by the end of November, 90% of my hair was gone. It went like that. I'd literally be standing in the shower and my hands are covered in hair. Like it was your worst nightmare. You're like, this, this can't be true. And my hair that once was my identity is now gone. And so then I truly believe that my like is my husband ever going to love me again? How are my kids going to handle this? How is society? How are my students? Like, I just kept thinking about this. And, um, and that is when as a teacher, 
when my hair started receding back, I was wearing headbands. I was putting my hair up in a ponytail, which my ponytail used to be this big. And now it's like this big <laughs> hair fibers, like makeup, trying to cover it up. And I stood in front of them and I said, guys, my hair is falling out. I'm going to start to look different. We don't know what's going on, but I just want to let you know. That was the best decision I've made ever because it allowed me not to completely shut down. Yeah. That I was being vulnerable and transparent with them. And, you know, they kind of stayed away from asking questions for me because they knew, you know, that she's going through something tough, but I still showed up every day. I remember my mom asking me, how do you get up every day? I said, there's no other choice. I have my daughters who are watching my every move. I need to take care Mm -hmm. of them. My family take care of, I have students that rely on me and I still showed up every day. I never took a day off. I still got my ass out of bed. Sorry. Um, (laughs) You're fine. (laughs) Every day, because that's what my mom taught me that you're strong. Um, and so it's been a journey the past five years. And, um, you know, I did everything possible from going up to university of Michigan, cause we're really close to see a dermatologist there and weekly injections into my scalp of steroids to get the hair going. And that was hell. And then I finally just said, I'm, I'm done. Like I'm done doing anything to my body. I took medicine that compromised my immune system. I was just done. And what I'd realized is that I was so focused on something that was out of my control. So the problem is not the problem. That was my focus. <laughs> I was focused on, the problem was my attitude about it, that I wasn't accepting it. I was in such denial. And once I started to take a deep breath and step back and really kind of focus on what's the ultimate goal here, um, my, my life flipped back upside down and I, I started to sprint. Um, bringing awareness to alopecia. I mean, I still wore wigs. I still wore hats up until June, 2019 for almost four years. And um, it wasn't until I went to a national alopecia area foundation conference where I walked out bald for the first time. And I haven't looked back since. Wow. Yeah. How was that? It, it was the scariest moment of my life. I, well, I remember my, I took my mom with me. It was in Seattle and that actually, that conference was more important for my mom because my mom felt so helpless. And I think a lot of people can relate to this, that parents want to be in control. Parents want to make sure that your kids leave, have a perfect life. And when they, when they kind of jump off and exit sooner, you're like, what do you do? And my mom wanted to help me in my situation. And it was out of her control. And she's like, should I, sh-? like, she even said, should I shave my head too? I'm like, no, we don't need two baldies in this family. One is enough. <laughs> but it was so good for her to be surrounded by other parents who are going through the same thing. And I think that's so important that we reach out for help and we talk with other people and gain support for us to better understand yeah. wherever you may be. And so it was, I think more influential for her than it was for me. But I remember I worked out in the morning and I came back to the hotel room and I said, mom, I'm going out bald today. She's like, are you sure? I said, no, <laughs> but yes. And I walked out of the hotel room, of course, had my hat, in my purse, just in case security blanket. And I walked to the, the elevator and I, we were on the eighth floor and I pushed, you know, close the doors. I was on there by myself. I'm like, okay, phew, I made it. No one saw me. We stopped at every floor on the way down and people got on every time. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. No. And I was just standing there just like crying. But the thing was, is that everyone who got on the, the elevator didn't think twice about me being bald because half of them were bald or half of them had a child who was bald. 
Right. But it was me. Mm-hmm. I was my own worst enemy. But once I stepped off that elevator, I didn't throw up. Thankfully, I, you know, I made it. I survived. And it was, you know, my anxiety was still high because I was still being my own worst enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, but every day gets better. And the worst thing people say is it takes time. I'm here to tell you it takes time. It yeah. really does. You know, we, I prayed to wake up every night and my hair would be back. Or I could rock the GI Jane Demi Moore shaved head and just freaking do one arm push-ups, but nothing, neither <laughs> of them happened. That's still not happening, but I now wake up where I say I'm enough. Like, this is me. Take it or leave it. Like that I'm proud of who I am, but it's taken me a while to get there. Yes. I <clears throat> I love what you said about support. And and sometimes it takes even longer, <laughs> sometimes for our parents. Um I, I know that LGBTQIA community can, can relate to that. And, um, I loved that, um, I got to open up a, a Facebook group. That's just that just kind of providing community. And I opened it up with my, uh, one of my pastors and it's just a safe space where if you need that mm-hmm. religious conversation and for someone to say, it's okay. I know you were raised this way. You're not going to hell. They're not going to hell. <laughs> we're all going to be okay. And to have that safe space, because yeah, sometimes you feel so alone yeah. and, you know, Facebook and Instagram are known for being a place where sometimes you put your best self out there, no matter what's going on behind the scenes and to have a group, no matter what, what a group it is, right. There's tons of groups for every hobby or issue or disease that's out there. So to be able to reach out and to talk to people. And then of course, if you, if you need more specific help then reaching out for that too, but yeah, I, that's I amazing. Love. And it. I think it's really important that what you talked about, how we put out our best self on social media yeah. and I challenge people put out your real self because the problem is, is that, you know, if I post a picture of me, happy go lucky all the time, then everyone's going to look at me like, Oh, I want to be just like her. I want to be as confident when I was struggling with comments too. I'm real on my social media when I'm struggling. I'm telling you, because I want, like we do, we compare ourselves to the 1% of people's lives that literally took 20 images or 20 takes to get that perfect one. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. And then, so we're comparing ourselves to a filter. Yeah. And so be vulnerable. It's scary but you don't know who you are truly helping because Mm -hmm. that's, you know, I relied on watching, you know, following people on Instagram who've been battling alopecia and I'm watching them like, Oh, they're so beautiful in wigs and they just look so amazing and they're so happy. But then some of them were real and I'm like, Oh good. I'm not alone. And that's, I think that's the toughest part of society is we compare too much. Stop comparing and just being inspired, just be inspired by one another. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when we, when we do that, we step out and we get to claim our vulnerabilities that it lets other people have that representation and, and just to know that, okay, I can, I can do that too. Right. It gives exactly. everyone else permission. Um, and that's probably what I love about TikTok is that it's, it seems to be more real than the other, right. You can do all these daily videos of just you, whether it's in pajamas or ready for work or going about your day. And it's, it's a a glimpse of you right there instead of, you know, 
writing up all of the perfect things and all of the hashtags. It's um, so one day I'm going to get you on there, McKenna. Yes. I'm on there just not doing anything. Like I just gotta, yeah. Yes. I, yes. You inspired me to sign up and I will, con- I will continue learning. Yes. Tag, tag me. And then when, um, yes, you know, I will be your biggest supporter. So <laughs> I appreciate that. Yes. Yes. Um, is there anything else, uh, that you would like to share and say before we, before we hop off today? Um, I think what we, we've been talking about, I just want to reiterate that what I've learned through my journey is that everyone, everyone is battling something. Mm-hmm. Every, like, you can put on this beautiful smile and you can say, oh, I'm great. But I know in back of my mind and in my heart that I know you're still struggling with something. There's something, whether it's, you know, trying to find a parking spot to something really severe mm-hmm. that everyone is battling something. Everyone has a story and we just need to continue hearing that and understanding that stop comparing, you know, just continue being inspired by one another. Um, you know, and that's, that's, what's most important because you're not alone. We're all here. We're all unique. We need you. We need to hear your story. Um, and we want to support you in any way. Um, and I would love to support, you know, people can, you know, visit me on my website, McKennaWrites.com. Um, I do, I just got a published date for my book. It's going to come out June 22nd which yes. is my grandma's birthday. And I, it's, I'm like, I think it's a set for that. Um, so I'm so excited and it's going to be, it's called, you think you're having a bad hair day, <laughs> <laughs> yep. but that's the thing. Like we compare apple, you know, apples to oranges all the time. And I, you know, I talk to my students about that and they'll be complaining. They have a hair day. I'm like, you think you're having a bad hair day? Like I win. <laughs> Sometimes we just need it. Like, Oh, you know what? Maybe it's not so bad. You know, mm-hmm. focus on what you do have control over and what you don't have control over and put the energy into what you do have control over. Yes. Comparison is the thief of joy. Yes. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's no exactly. good. Um, all right. So you shared your, your website. Is there any other places where people can look to find you or is the website the best place? To no, go? I, Instagram, I think is my biggest thing. Just McKenna, okay. McKenna writes. Um, that's where I am as transparent and vulnerable about my story as possible anyone can DM me. I am all about making connections and absolutely love it. Um, I do have my Ted talk coming up in April, which I'm very excited about. It's going to be in Philadelphia, which is actually geared towards youth and the theme is society and self. So Mm. I'm basically talking about what we talked here in my Ted talk. So I'm so excited. And when that comes out, I would love reviews and let me know what you thought of it. Yes. I'm so excited let me know. And I will definitely, I'll add a, a link. Um, so everyone can just click it as well. So if, if you forget how to spell McKenna's name just scroll down and click all of her, her information down there where you can just click and go and check her out and cheer her on. Um, and, and be looking for her. She's going to appear <laughs> in so many places, uh, Ted talk, her book. Um, I'm just so excited for you and you have, uh, you're such an amazing speaker and, um, can't wait to one day have you back on, um, this, this podcast, maybe next year. 
Oh, I would, I would, yes, I would love it. And I am blessed to call you my friend and I cannot wait to actually meet you in real life and give you a real life hug and yes, it's been a joy of my life. So I appreciate you. Ah, uh, love it. Love it. Thank you so much, McKenna. You're Thank amazing. You. Oh, you know what? I forgot our silly question. Our fun question oh. is what are you watching? <laughs> Ooh, um, I watch a lot of Hallmark. I am, <laughs> I know, but I am, it's a running joke in my family that if my kids and husband are gone and they come home, they have a bet. If the Hallmark's on my TV, so funny. It is, I don't know. I just, it just, helps me escape. It just kind of brings joy. Like it just brings reality. Um, but I mean, I love Grey's Anatomy. I love HGTV. I, you love, I love this is us. I mean, this I is us. Oh, you like uh, to cry. Don't you? <laughs> I, I do. Oh my gosh. When Derek <laughs> Shepard died in Grey's Anatomy, I bawled. This is us. I'm bawling. Oh my gosh. All of them. So, Same. Yeah. Same. Real Housewives of Orange County. I'm obsessed with that one too. So, <laughs> reality, throw no reality in there. Yes, it's also good. Uh, well, thank you. Thank yeah. you again. All right, everybody. Here is our quote. We should indeed keep calm in the face of difference and live our lives in a state of inclusion and wonder at the diversity of humanity. And that was from George Takei. Thank you once again for listening to the Coming Out Loved and Supported podcast. Please check out the show notes on how to reach out and other great resources for support groups and more. If you haven't heard this today, I love you. And yes, you are enough in all the ways. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you are the kind of person that likes to help others, then please share this with friends and family. If it helped you, then it will probably help others. Also, if you're needing support and inspiration daily, then connect with me at Life Coach Annie on Facebook. I am so grateful for you taking the time to listen today. If you could do me a favor, please leave a positive review so that more people in the LGBTQ community can find meaningful content that motivates.